Hello, my name is Janelle, and welcome to the Genuinely Janelle podcast. I believe everyone's stories, including my own, matters. Stories help me gain a better understanding of myself, the world, and connects me with other people. So I hope through the stories of my life and the conversations I have with others, you will one day find the confidence and courage in your voice to share your story. Now, let's hear a story. I want to first take the time to thank everyone who has shown me so much love and support last week when I launched my podcast. I knew I wanted to share my podcast with my family, friends, loved ones, and my general social network, but I didn't have any expectations as to what was going to happen. So when I launched my podcast, I was a bit overwhelmed in a good way because of people's positive comments on my post text messages I received from people giving me feedback, positive comments, or simply telling me that they listened to my podcast episode. The amount of people who shared my podcast on their Instagram story, and the amount of people who reached out to me personally to share their interest to collaborate with me on an upcoming episode. I know this is an audio recording, so you can't see this, but I'm literally smiling from cheek to cheek because it's so sweet to know that there are so many people in my life who are as enthusiastic and excited as I am for this podcast and are looking forward to listening to my upcoming podcast episodes. My heart is filled with so much joy and it's so humbling because time after time, you all remind me that I have such a strong support system in my life. So again, thank you so much for your love and support for this podcast, and especially for me as I continue to grow in this lifetime. And speaking of growth, today's episode title, It's Okay to Let Go and Outgrow, is actually inspired by an experience I went through recently, literally almost two months ago, in which my friendship with someone came to an end. And before I spill the tea and share the story, I want to share a few disclaimers. Number one. Even though this person and I aren't friends anymore, I'll be using the pronouns they, them, theirs out of respect for them so they remain as anonymous as possible. Number two, I did already share my story with a small handful of people, so if you're listening to this episode, you may know exactly who I'm talking about, you may have an idea of who I'll be talking about, or you may not know who this person is at all, which is technically even better. Number three, It is not my intent to spur even more drama or to throw shade at this person. I'm simply going to share my experience, how I felt, what I learned, and then at the end, I'll explain why I chose to share the story with you all. Alrighty, now that I've laid out the disclaimers, it's finally story time. For context, this person and I met in high school, we became best friends, and we were best friends for about nine years. So to give a better timeline, we were friends junior and senior year of high school, throughout our college years, and a few years afterwards. When we became best friends in high school, our similarities were more prevalent than our differences. For example, we were both AP honor students, actively participated in class, we even took some classes together, we participated in various extracurricular activities and some actually together, and we had somewhat similar issues at home which of course we're not going to talk about. After high school, we both remained in San Diego, but we attended different universities, which of course led us to have our own unique experiences. Throughout our college years, we were still best friends, but we weren't talking to one another as often because we had the mutual understanding that we wanted to focus on school 
and we even had different approaches on our college experience. This person was more academic focused and a part of an academic professional development organization, but wasn't involved in any further extracurricular activities due to what they claimed was the distance between their home and the university. Throughout my college career, you can ask anyone that knew me and they will confirm that I was very busy juggling all the different things I had going on. First, I had school, focusing on my academics, of course, and my first two years of college, I actually took the trolley and bus to school, which was an hour and 12 minutes just one way. And the commute for anyone who has had that experience of commuting a campus, whether it was through public transportation or through car, you can understand and empathize with how draining it could be. Yet, despite all of that, I chose to be involved in extracurricular activities. I participated in various organizations, held different leadership positions. I had an internship, attended workshops, conferences, seminars, volunteered, you name it. Like I just wanted to do a lot of things. And on top of that, I had family matters to attend to because I'm the eldest sibling in my family, which means that I have a lot of responsibility on my plate. And lastly, throughout my college career, I worked part-time on campus and I really tried to maximize the 20-hour work limit that my university had. As you can see, I was really busy and I chose to be so involved because that's just generally the kind of person I am. I really like to do a lot of things that align with my hobbies, interests, and passions. Also, I was able to get my college tuition completely paid off thanks to financial aid. So I wanted to make sure that I was going to take full advantage of the opportunity to go to college debt-free and just really make the most out of my experience. This person and I's college experiences were different, as they are meant to be and should be, because we're two different people who attended two different universities. We ended up graduating from our respective universities the same year, and we were both fortunate enough to be employed full-time immediately after graduation. I really do believe our college experience was influential in shaping us to be who we became after we graduated. Now that this person and I were done with college, in our conversations, we talked about wanting to make up for lost time and strengthening our friendship. But over time, more so within the past two years, I started to begin noticing some striking differences between us, which eventually became red flags in our friendship. And then I had an overall gut feeling that I was outgrowing this person as my best friend. I completely understand we're all unique human beings. It's perfectly okay to be friends with people who are completely different from us. We're not meant to be exactly the same as anyone, including our friends. And although we're not meant to be exactly the same as anyone, I do believe your close circle should consist of people who share similarities with you, as well as have a similar energy, vibe, and wavelength as you. As I mentioned earlier in this episode, when this person and I were in high school, our similarities were more prevalent than our differences. However, over time, especially after we were both done with our college careers, our differences became more prevalent than our similarities and eventually began to negatively affect our friendship. One difference was our personality types. This person was dominantly an introvert in which they prefer to have a really, really small network of people. Literally the only person they would really talk to aside from me would be their sibling, their partner, and occasionally their other family members. 
they didn't really want to go out to make new friends, and they didn't really have an interest in wanting to meet new people. Since they were more reserved, they wouldn't necessarily share about themselves or how they felt, and they wouldn't talk about anything really deep unless they felt comfortable around you, it was something relevant they discovered from social media, and mainly if someone else initiated the topic. Lastly, they were a homebody, like a huge homebody. In fact, a majority, if not all of our hangouts were at their parents' house, which was relaxing, but eventually I began to feel cooped up indoors. As for me, I'm more of an ambivert, a balance between an extrovert and introvert. I do have introverted characteristics where I enjoy spending time alone to myself, I like being at home, I enjoy intimate conversations and interactions, and I do a lot of introspection. I'm also very outgoing. I'm enthusiastic and energetic. I enjoy going on adventures and spontaneous hangouts and just spending time outdoors. I love being out and about and just socializing with others and meeting new people. The difference in our personality began to affect our friendship because, as I already mentioned, this person is an introvert and a huge homebody. So our hangouts were mainly at their parents' house. As relaxing as it was, I felt really cooped up, and the only times we really went out somewhere to hang out was if I needed to run errands, if they needed to run errands, we would go somewhere with their partner, or if I took the initiative to plan a hangout that was just outdoors or like out of the house. Since they're an introvert, there wasn't much genuine interest or initiative on their end to either drive or want to go out. And it was becoming very difficult for me because I wanted to be respectful of their needs, but I also wanted to be respectful of my needs and do something different with our hangouts than just stay indoors all the time. The differences in our personality also affected our friendship because by them being introverted and reserved, despite our years of friendship, our conversations began to be more surface level. I felt as if our conversations wouldn't get anything past the surface level if I didn't take initiative to bring up a reflective question or a topic. I knew that they didn't have many people they would talk to, aside from their sibling and partner. I knew that they were introverted, and I knew they were experiencing bumps in the road in their life, so I wanted to be understanding and mindful and still really invest my energy and time into our friendship. But at the same time, it became very boring and personally very draining because they weren't really putting effort into talking or having a deeper conversation. And this leads to another difference between us, our mindset, which is the way that we view life. Life is not perfect and we're all bound to experience problems. When I experience problems, I always have to let myself just feel my emotions. Like sometimes I just need to cry, write in my journal, and then afterwards, I'll be okay. Like I'm able to just bounce back and move on. I'm also willing to talk to people about my problems because sometimes they're just perspectives that I don't even recognize myself that I could take into consideration. And sometimes other people help put things into perspective for me. I'm also mindful in trying my absolute best to make sure that when I experience problems, I don't negatively affect and pour into my other relationships, whether they're professional or personal. As for this person, whenever they experienced problems, 
they would keep it to themselves and they wouldn't talk about it at all unless you asked them to talk about it. Then they would choose to stay in a negative and pessimistic mindset for a very long time rather than truly choosing to take action and putting actions to overcome their problems. This affected our friendship because I felt like I was experiencing an emotional roller coaster where we would have occasional peaks, which were which was when they would experience something great that they'd want to share about and be super happy, enthusiastic. And then there would be several moments we would be on a dip. They would experience a problem in life and then dive deep into a hopeless, pessimistic mindset, which led them to become depressed and self-deprecating and they just became very distant. I empathize with how normal it is to experience peaks and dips in our life. I empathize that we all have problems and it takes time for us to overcome them. You know, we're not always going to feel our very best. And when we experience problems, our negative feelings are valid in those situations. But at the same time, we can't stay sad forever. And ultimately, there comes a point where we have to choose whether we want the storms in life to overtake us or if we are going to go through the storms in life and overcome it. With this person, it felt like their problems really overtook them and the negative emotions they felt were pouring into our friendship. A huge difference between us was our mental health and self-esteem. We all have insecurities, no matter how confident we may be, may appear to be, or want to be, there will always be something we're insecure about. I'm not perfect, and I definitely have a few insecurities like my acne, my sparse eyebrows, the fact that I'm a level one chef, and on a much deeper level, there would be moments when I wouldn't think I'm beautiful. There would be moments where I would ask myself, am I doing too much? Am I good enough? Or am I even worthy of the blessings I've received in my life? And despite my insecurities and the negative thoughts that I can get in my mind, I always try to be mindful to not project them onto someone else. And as hard as it is, I'm trying to put in the work every single day to love myself, respect myself, and overall recognize my self-worth. As for this person, when we initially met, what drew me to them was the confidence they had. But over time, I realized that the confidence they would exude to the public was to hide their deep level of insecurity. I'm not saying that they never had confidence or don't have confidence at all because there were moments in our friendship where I could tell and knew that they were confident about themselves. It's just from my overall experience and perspective in our friendship, a majority of the time it seemed like this person was really trying hard to please people and would be very self-critical of themselves. I knew that this person was really insecure about themselves because after college, I began to notice they constantly compared themselves to other people, whether it was an upward or downward social comparison, and their overall happiness was dwindling. Due to their insecurities, low self-esteem, and their comparative nature, there was a point in our friendship where I felt like something was off about them and our friendship, and eventually they admitted that they were comparing themselves to me which was why they were acting a certain way towards me and ending up being distant towards me without any warning. I appreciated and respected their honesty, and I also felt a mix of emotions. 
a part of me was sad and very hurt because anyone who knows me knows it's never my intention to befriend someone and make them feel bad about themselves. I am all about trying my best to empower and uplift people. So to hear that my own best friend was feeling insecure because I was simply being me felt like a stab in the heart. And eventually I hated myself because I I just didn't want to be me anymore because me being me was hurting them. And one part of me was frustrated because I felt like I wasn't being genuinely supported as a friend. I thought to myself, I'm literally just being me and this person can't be happy for me. So why am I even friends with this person? Eventually, this person and I did talk things out and after sharing how I felt, they took responsibility in owning up to their mental health issues. Even after that moment, I still felt a cloudy negative aura because I began to notice how the accomplishments and achievements of others, especially through social media, was overwhelming them and causing them to feel more insecure about themselves. They would question where they were in life and they began to speak even more negatively about themselves. I didn't want a repeat of the situation in which they compared themselves to me, so I felt like I was walking on eggshells, being as careful as possible when I would share with them my photos or anything about my life and I even felt hesitant to confide in them about the good things or the bad things that was going on in my life because I knew that although they may have wanted to be supportive, I didn't feel confident that they were genuinely going to support me. I also didn't want to burden this person with any of the problems that I had because I knew that they weren't in the right mental state to even support themselves. After all, Although your intentions may be good, how can you truly support others when you can't even support yourself? Lastly, another huge difference between us was our conflict management styles. According to the Thomas Kilman Conflict Mode Instrument, which I'll talk more about in the later podcast episode, there are five major styles of conflict management. Competing, collaborative, compromising, accommodating, and avoiding. I have a collaborative and compromising conflict management style. I'm not afraid to be confrontational, but it's not my intent to be aggressive, harmful, or mean when I bring up a concern or an issue. When I experience, feel, or see a problem, I like to take the time to think about it, and then if it's necessary to address, I won't hesitate to bring it up and lay everything out about how I feel and what I think. Then, I always make sure to still reach out and ask for the other person to talk about how they feel and what they think because I still care enough about you and, your, and our friendship to want to see if we can make things work. As for this person, they had more of an accommodating and avoiding conflict management style. They really wanted to create and preserve harmony in all situations, so they tried their absolute best to avoid conflict. But since conflict is inevitable, whenever there were any type of issues, they did not want to confront it or talk about it. And when they did talk about the problem, they would wait until they've harbored enough emotions and thoughts that they can't contain it within themselves anymore. They would be really defensive in validating their point without taking into consideration how their actions or words would affect you unless you called them out on it prior to them speaking their mind. 
or they wouldn't be fully honest with you how they felt or what they thought because they just didn't want to cause any potential further issues. The difference in our conflict management styles affected our friendship because, well, we're obviously not friends anymore. Although I felt like I was outgrowing this person as a best friend, I believed it was still possible to preserve our friendship. In fact, I genuinely meant it when I told them that they still matter to me and I still want to remain friends with them. At the time, I understood that by saying, I think I'm outgrowing you and our friendship can be really heavy. So out of love and respect for that person and our friendship, I wanted to give them time to process their emotions and thoughts so we can talk about it later. I was hoping that when we reconvened and took the time to talk to one another, we would be able to figure out a way to create and set healthy boundaries together and still preserve our friendship. They said they were going to process their emotions and thoughts and talk to me when they were ready. Instead, they ended up leaving me hanging by just unfriending me on Facebook and unfollowing me on their main Instagram account without any warning. I'm not necessarily surprised at this behavior, but I am disappointed. You know, I would have expected this behavior by someone who I've been friends with for a couple of months or less than a couple of years. However, we were friends for nine years and they may not have necessarily owed me a response, but I really had the benefit of the doubt that out of respect for me and our friendship, we would be able to talk things out. Or at least they would tell me that I hurt them and that they don't want to be friends with me anymore. That moment confirmed my overall gut feeling that I was outgrowing this person and our friendship. I cared for and loved this person like my own sibling, and I wanted to preserve the friendship, but I had to face the reality that we've outgrown the similarities we had in high school, we are now completely different from one another, and we are on different paths in our life. Their behavior confirmed to me that our friendship didn't really mean anything to them. That person doesn't have any respect for me, and our friendship just wasn't meant to be. Because let's be real here, the way they behaved was really petty, considering how long we've known one another and have been friends. When I think back about it, I could have been petty. I could have simply said, I'm outgrowing you and our friendship, and that's it, I don't want to be friends anymore, bye. But I didn't do that because I still cared about this person up until the very end. I admit, I ended up blocking that person and their partner entirely on Facebook and on all five of my Instagram accounts, not just my main account. You may argue that me blocking this person is petty, and that's perfectly fine. I know I don't have to explain myself to you, but here's the logic behind why I block them. Number one, even though they unfriended and unfollowed me, all my social media profiles are public, with an exception to Facebook, and I literally post the same content on all platforms. You don't necessarily need to be my friend or follow me on social media to see what I'm up to, but I blocked this person because if they no longer care about me, they don't deserve to have easy access to contact me or find out about what is going on in my life. Number two. When you're in a romantic relationship, your partner is going to share information and spill tea about other people to you and vice versa. Don't deny it. It happens among close friends, family members, and when you're in a relationship. And fun fact, I actually knew their partner before we were friends. Um, their partner and I were actually friends since elementary school, so we were fairly close. But out of respect for this person, their partner, 
their relationship, and most importantly myself, I decided to block that person's partner on social media too because even though I still value that person as a friend, I didn't want to give them easy access to me and my life with information or tea they could potentially share with one another. Number three. As I mentioned earlier, the behavior of this person isn't surprising, but it is disappointing and really petty. Okay, let me just break it down to you. If you're going to unfollow me on social media because you want things to be out of sight and out of mind, or if you just don't want to be my friend anymore, be grown and just completely block me and remove me from your life. Like, this is not middle school and high school where, like, you hate people or you don't like people, but then you still keep them on social media because you still want to know what's going on with their life. Like, no. If you hurt me or sever a tie with me, I will forgive you. But unless we mutually agree to be cordial acquaintances or friends or until we resolve our differences, like, I don't want you to be a part of my life at all anymore. So I blocked them because this was my way of completely severing the tie between us. There are still other signs that I knew I was outgrowing this person in our friendship, but as I mentioned earlier, I still respect them enough to not fully expose the red flags I noticed and the issues we had. From this experience, I learned a lot of lessons, and I have seven top lessons actually that I learned that I wanted to share with you all. Number one, trust your gut. I always tell people that my gut feeling is 99.9% right. And I knew that when I had this gut feeling, there was a part of me that wanted to doubt it. But because my gut feeling hasn't really failed me yet, I knew that I had to trust that just something was wrong. And when I come to think about it, I'm really glad that I trusted my gut feeling. Number two, pay attention to family and friends when they tell you that a person is toxic for you. And yes, you're going to be stubborn, but you need to open your eyes and discern for yourself if what they're saying to you is true. Number three, as much as you want to support a friend, it's not your job to make someone overcome their insecurities. In fact, there is nothing you can say or do that will help them overcome their insecurities because they need to do the heart and soul work themselves. Number four, it's important to surround yourself with people whom you can genuinely be yourself. Your close circle should consist of people who share similarities with you as well as have a similar energy, vibe, and wavelength as you. It's important to have friends who are genuinely supportive of you even if they may not be where they want to be in life. Number five, if your relationship is important to the both of you, you both should be mature enough and eventually comfortable enough to talk about any concerns or issues that arise. Not all conflict is bad. In fact, conflict can be healthy in any relationship if it's approached in a mature manner. Number six, the longevity of the friendship or a relationship doesn't justify why you should continue to hold on to it if it is no longer healthy for you. And lastly, number seven, outgrowing a person, especially a friend, doesn't necessarily mean you stop loving that person. It just means you don't want to settle for something and that friendship just doesn't work for you anymore. It's uncomfortable, but growth is not meant to be comfortable. I chose to share my story with you all because if there is anything I want you to take away from this episode is that it's okay to let go and outgrow someone 
whether it's a family, friend, or loved one. I empathize with how difficult it can be to let go of family members who have become toxic to you. It's not going to be easy, but a good starting point would be to set boundaries for yourself and to truly follow through with them. In the words of Raina Biddy, you are special and I know you know you deserve way better than to settle. I empathize with how difficult it is to let go of people and things, especially when there is a lot of emotional attachment or when you've known someone for a very long time. However, in this year of fearless growth, I realize that it's okay to outgrow or feel like you're outgrowing a person or a situation and still have love in your heart for them. Life is too short and you deserve way better than to settle for anything less than what is best for you. You also deserve way better than to give your energy, love, honesty, and time to someone who isn't going to appreciate you. In the same way that we prune weeds in a garden and remove dead branches or leaves on a plant, it's important for us to let go and remove anything in our life that is draining our energy, holding us back, holding us down, and not supporting us in our journey of growth. In doing so, we're able to direct our energy, honesty, love, and time to other people to help support their growth. And most importantly, we're able to direct the energy, honesty, love, and time to ourselves so that we can grow. At the end of the day, it is okay to let go and outgrow in order for you to truly grow into the person you want to be and ultimately who you're meant to be. Thank you so much for allocating time in your day to listen to this episode. I look forward to sharing another story of mine in the next episode. Stay tuned, and in the meantime, I hope you have a relaxing and productive day.